What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, I wanted to talk about my latest project that I just wrapped up today. Oh, my gosh. Guys, it was the l longest drawn out project ever. Um, and I'm just happy it's done. I am really enjoying them. And so I wanted to get on and do a little podcast to kind of talk about everything that went into it and what it is and so on and so forth. So um, to start off with, um, let me tell you a little bit about the background of uh, baseball cards in the 1900s now, uh, or I'm sorry, in the 1800s. Um, I've probably talked about this a little bit before in the past, uh, but um, for the most part, uh, baseball cards started uh, in... You know, 1886, 1887. Uh, they were distributed for the most part with uh, cigarette packs, and kids were absolutely wild about them. Now, this is actually right around the boom of uh, color lithography um, for America. And so uh, everybody was just, they just loved the advertisements. They called them trade cards uh, of like, you know, these little die cut advertisements for baking soda or, you know, cough syrup, you know, just all kinds of things. And people would collect these things and they would glue them in albums and they would just, you know, marvel at, at these color pieces that, you know, people just hadn't really seen all that much before. So when baseball cards came on the scene, they're like little works of art back then, just as they are now. Uh, Kids loved them. A lot of times it was the first time that they were able to see the likenesses of their favorite players, um, which was a big deal for them as well. Now, the bad news is, unfortunately for all the kids out there that collected, baseball card production almost uh, completely ceased to exist in 1890. Now, what happened in 1890? Well, the American Tobacco Company was formed and it removed basically all need to advertise because there's no competition and the tobacco companies were thrilled. They couldn't stand making these cards because they're very costly. Um, it's a very costly process. And, uh, so they're, they're thrilled. They didn't have to make any more. And so for the most part, you wouldn't see a whole lot of baseball cards until, uh, you know, the, you know, 20 years later, so the T206 cards, T205 cards, so on and so forth. Um, and as a side note, one thing that's interesting is uh, players with mustaches, they flourished on baseball cards in the 19th century. Well, guess what? T206, that monster set of 524 cards or whatever it is, one player has a mustache, John Titus. In fact, I think you have to go all the way up to 1971 to be able uh, to hear or to see another mustachioed player uh, featured on a baseball card. So uh, it literally took about almost a hundred years, like a century for mustaches to be commonplace on baseball cards and probably in baseball too. Um, so anyways, like I said, that's just kind of a, a, a side note, but let's, you know, let's rewind back to the 19th century again. So uh, 1890, happens and the kids are bummed and everything. Oh man, the cards aren't being made anymore. Well, a few short months prior to that, there was actually kind of a buzzer beater. Um, if, if you want to call it that, I guess, 
uh, Goodwin offered something called the 1889 Goodwin A35 Round Album. Now, the way that you could get these is uh, you could save up 75 coupons and send them in, and the round album would be a redemption. So as opposed to getting one cigarette card per pack, you'd have to uh, save up coupons through 75 different packs and then send them out. So, you know, then you can get it. And there's a limited amount of time that you could get these this round album as well. So super premium effect, uh, probably the most premium thing that's come out of the 19th century when it comes to baseball. Um, beautiful, beautiful pieces. I'll tell you a little bit about them. Uh, first of all, they are round, which is why they're called the round album. Um, the diameter is eight and a quarter inches. So they dwarf cigarette cards. They dwarf uh, regular size cards today. And they're even bigger than cabinet cards, like the N173s, um, which is amazing. And uh, the most striking thing about them is they are full color uh, lithography. So, uh, they're very detailed. They're beautiful. They're, they're actually reminiscent of a higher detailed, larger round version of the Allen and Ginter cards, because you have the portrait of the players for the most part, and then a white background with a color splash behind them. And then there's some like little flourishes or embellishments like, uh, you know, some, uh, plants, very Victorian-esque, uh, you know, plants, baseballs, ribbons, that sort of thing that kind of uh, accents the, the sides of them and everything, so around them. Um, so the set itself uh, is an album form. So there are 12 of these uh, rounds. There's a front cover and a back cover in an advertisement. So that makes up for three of them. And then there are five rounds that feature four players each, which make up the world champion 1888 and 1889 New York Giants at the time. And then there are four rounds that feature one player each. And those players are Charles Comiskey, John Ward, Cap Anson, and King Kelly. So altogether, they are uh, bound by either rope or a clasp on the left-hand side. So there's a hole on each side of them. The insides are kind of, you know, bound to get bent or ripped off of the clasp or something. That seems to happen pretty, you know, pretty typically if you see these at auction, which by the way, they hardly ever come up to auction um, right now. So, or, or ever really, because they're so rare. And in fact, there's not many people out there nowadays that collect. They even know what these things are. <laughs> and uh, I think that's for a number of reasons. Number one, because like I said, they're rare. But number two, it's very difficult to house something like this. Like that's this big, that's this awkward it's because it's round. It's certainly not two and a half by three and a half inches. It's definitely not something that fits in a PSA holder or anything like that. So like, what do you do with these things? So whenever you you see these up at auction, generally speaking, they're going to be selling uh, at one round each. So not just the entire album. And I say album, it's kind of a little bit of a misnomer. Um, the uh, They really kind of have more uh, in common with baseball cards. They've got stats on the back and everything as well. And, they, and like the other albums that were put out back then that were meant to be, first of all, they're rectangle and they were meant to uh, have collectors, uh, 
glue in the cards on top of pictures of the cards and the pages. Uh, these are actually standalone, uh, unique pieces. So um, anyway, either way, though, I, I'll tell you kind of kind of where I'm going with this is is I actually learned about these probably not much longer than a year ago, which is kind of funny, by the way. There's a uh, a collector of things like this from the 1930s. I, I think you could consider him like the great grandfather of uh, sports card pricing. But back in the 1930s, he assigned a value of the round album set to of ten dollars, and so they're highly coveted back then. Even, and we're talking like fifty years uh, after they were produced, and now it's like one hundred thirty years after they're produced. But um, back then, when he put the uh, price at ten dollars for the set, he had the T two hundred six on a Swagner uh, priced out at fifty dollars. So that goes to show you that you know this is a this is a heavy hitter set. Um, it, it's beautiful. If you have a chance, go to my website, by the way, uh, tanmanbaseballfan.com. Go in the blog section. Got all kinds of pictures of these things here. So they're gorgeous. But anyway, so uh, because I am an absolute sucker for 19th century lithography, color lithography when it comes to baseball, uh, I had to look and keep my eye out for these. So I kept an eye out and I was actually alerted to a find in Iowa and they had unearthed an entire set, an entire album set uh, of, you know, the 12 pages completely that have been hidden from the hobby for like 130 years. And, uh, you know, the lithography is beautiful, bright, crisp, uh, vibrant, and there, there were some issues, some tearing, you know, near the whole the clasp hole and everything on some of them. But uh, I didn't really care a whole lot about that. I was I was cared I cared mainly about the color lithography itself. So it went up for auction at an auction house, and I, I looked at it, and I was going back and forth, and then I was on pins and needles, put a bid in, and I uh, was a high bidder, and then I wasn't, and I was, and I wasn't, and ultimately I ended up winning. I won the set and I was so excited about this. Like they're just beautiful, amazing pieces. And so um, my whole thinking on getting these is I wanted to do something like extremely special with them because I don't really know what to do with like a round album. It's like eight and a quarter inches in diameter. <laughs> like, what do you do with that? So uh, what I did was I was thinking, first of all, I'm going to deconstruct this thing. Everybody else sells these, these the singles. I'm going to create something special for each single. I don't want to have uh, very prominent Hall of Famers like Comiskey, King Kelly, Ward, or Anson like hiding behind covers or anything like that. You know, so I wanted to make each piece as a standalone. And so I started playing around with some ideas. I was thinking, okay, we need to frame these. Guys. So first of all. Uh, taking apart the, the album and framing them one by one didn't really look so hot uh, to me personally um, in, a, in like a transparent holder. So then I started thinking, well, let me see if I can get a uh, holder custom made, like a frame uh, that you can have like a screw down kind of thing where it's big enough um, and then maybe design something 
with a hole in the middle. I thought that would be kind of cool. So I, whenever I started thinking about that, I was actually thinking really hard and long about that before I even won the album. Uh, I just was, I couldn't get it out of my head. And to be honest with you, like for the past few months, this has largely been on my on my mind, especially at night, like before I go to bed. Uh, last night might be the first night that I didn't have it on my mind. <laughs> but uh, it was it was something that was constantly on my mind because I couldn't get it out of my head. Like, what can I do to make these things just look insane? And so uh, I spent so many hours, guys, like so many hours designing, figuring out like what fonts, what I wanted to say, the colors, everything, like placement. And plus, by the way, like me designing a new, you know, frame or whatever, this is not really up my alley, so to speak. I create custom cards, but this is like a whole new thing because these holders are going to be like uh, 12 inches by nine and a half inches. So they're huge. So anyways, as I started thinking about it more and more, thinking, you know, it'd be really cool is if I could create, like invent a holder that didn't have screws because I don't like the screws. The screws kind of detract from it for me. Uh, I, I didn't want these things I was creating to look merely like a holder for each piece, but I wanted to like create an entirely new collectible out of each and every one of these things that, uh, that have an 18th, uh, an 1800s, uh, relic inside them embedded. Uh, kind of like the Allen and Ginter premium pieces that they did with like the tarantula or the rat bone or something. Except for me, it'd be the 1889 Goodwin A35 round, uh, round album set. So I started uh, talking to some industry professionals uh, and they said, yeah, it's doable. And I was like, well, but what if we make something that uh, has no screws, but you can remove them, uh, the pieces? Because I didn't really like the idea of it being like uh, permanent completely. They said, well, to be honest with you, Tanner, you're asking for magic here. There's you know, <laughs> no way to do this. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, So I started thinking and I put pen to paper and I actually designed uh, and, and you know, really invented a brand new thing that um, would allow for a holder to have a tray that slides in and out the top where there's a lip on the tray at the top that actually seals it off and sits flush with the top edge. And I, I was thinking, well, shoot, you can affix the uh, A35 Goodwin rounds to each one of these and slide them in and out, uh, you know, as much as you want. And so I was thinking, I want to do that. So I reached out to Jeremy, who's Hardball34 on eBay. He's the greatest custom case maker around. And uh, he cut up a bunch of pieces for me as per my specs. And I put them together here. And, you know, lo and behold, I had my first uh, prototype. I go, oh my gosh, I think this is going to work. <laughs> and there were so many setbacks. So, so many setbacks for this project. It was insane. Like, <laughs> like it seemed like almost everything could go wrong did go wrong. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I... I used uh, computer printouts of these rounds before they actually came in. I 
cut out templates just to kind of get placement right and everything. And uh, it all came together. And so ultimately I ended up having a company here in Houston, uh, the Houston area, uh, print the, uh, the graphics on the backside of um, an eighth inch acrylic. And that was going to serve as the face of it. And so uh, finally, after you know, a couple of tries or, you know, more than after one try, uh, it was like the second try that they got everything right. Um, and they did a great job by the way. Um, but they came in and go, Oh my gosh, these are beautiful. Like the colors, the depth of the colors, everything is just so nice and high end feeling. So I put them together and just like my prototype, everything fit just perfectly fine. And looked great so the backs by the way um you know first of all on the inside of the covers of this a35 round album you'll see mascots of old judge and dog's head the cigarette companies that you know basically created this uh and one is a dog and one is like a judge looking guy i had never seen these mascots before um they are magnificent i just love them and so i had a great idea i was thinking what if i take these graphics and i incorporate them into my own artwork and make them the backs of these almost as if these you know collectibles i guess you could call them that i made uh would be extremely large jumbo allen and ginter mini backs uh, or mini Allen and Ginter backs where you have the Allen and Ginter guy on the back. Um, but instead there's the old judge guy or the dog's head guy on the back. So, um, I did that and, oh man, it just came out perfectly. <laughs> it was so, so, so happy, uh, with how everything came together. And, um, yeah, it's something completely different from what I normally do. I normally just do cards, but this is like an entirely different collectible type and so I have them a few of them actually displayed with some of my cards and um, I used to be staunchly against anything that's not like card sized but as I get older I think I'm really kind of enjoying more of the uh, displayability of pieces so what that means is sometimes bigger is better um, because you could see them better and especially when it comes to color lithography like you can really tell the detail and the level of skill that was needed by the artists and the lithographers to create these things. And so um, they're just beautiful pieces, guys. Like if you ever get a chance just, you know, to pick one up or something, you know, do it by all means. They're, they're really nice. And so the, the pieces that I created, um, I think they complement everything really nicely. And, uh, you know, so it also kind of standardizes the shape because they're rectangles. So it makes it a little bit more palatable for me as a collector, because I don't really know what to do with the round pieces <laughs> aside from create something rectangular for them to, you know, to kind of sit in. But, um, anyway, so I've got like all kinds of pictures of these things, guys. And even on my YouTube uh, channel, I've got a little video of me walking through some of them. So check those out. Let me know what you think. Um, like I said, I'm super excited about them. I'm very happy with how they came out.
and uh, I look forward to uh, to hearing what you all have to think about, uh, what you all have to say about them. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of the weekend.